Hello and welcome to yet another exciting edition of the Diminutive Collection. Hey, Christian. Hello, Kieran. Good morning, good evening, and good day, wherever you are. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. So, and oh my you? God. Yeah, I'm not too bad. It's been a crazy, crazy week. But I'm like, first of all, we'll, let's talk about the word is out. We need to talk about the incredible BBC Two radio documentary. Radio Two, Radio Two. You kept saying oh. BBC Two last time as well. Did I? Yes, you kept saying BBC Two. If only we could have seen what was going on. It was all What's on the, the radio. What's between BBC Two and BBC Radio Two? Well, BBC thing? Two is on television. Radio Two gives it away. It's on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived in this country for 15 years and I have no idea what's yeah. going on. No, so it was, it was a Radio Two <laughs> world exclusive that saw some of our finest, well, some of Australia's finest actors reunited for a one-off extravaganza to celebrate 35 years of Neighbours. Wasn't it incredible? You know what? It was. I I didn't listen to it live. I listened to it weirdly at four o'clock in the morning when I woke up really early and I thought, well, I can't get back to sleep, so let me listen to this. One critique, there's a lot of talking in the middle. There were a lot of songs. And some of the songs I, I are really like good. The songs. I like, you know, where else are we going to hear all, I've got, all I want to do is make your mind on the radio? I mean, literally, when they played that, I was like, this is incredible. You know what? That was quite an amazing... And yeah, and they played that before, especially for you. Which yeah. was even more amazing. And I also loved hearing Galen Gillian's I Want to Be Your Lover, which you never, <laughs> ever hear on radio. They really had to really, you know, dust those CDs off. I think they're sitting um, at home, like, after their shifts at the supermarket, just going, oh, my God. I got played on the radio. Where's my royalty check? <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe that's a Prince cover. Um, yeah, it was it was really amazing, wasn't it? So, what did, uh, you, obviously, you're in Australia and you you lived it a little bit earlier than we did. So, how was it for you hearing all those oh lovely voices? God, it was just an absolutely joyous moment. I mean, I have to we have to shout out massive congratulations to our mate Steve who produced it. I mean, it was it was so emotional. I was having had a little bit of a tear. At one point, it was just so good to like. We, there was Delta Goodrum, there was Carl and Susan, Stefan Dennis, Madge Harold, Scott and Charlene, and Delta. It was just incredible. It was so so good. I might have to listen to it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to because I because I was listening to it at four o'clock. I don't think I really appreciated everything that was going on, um, and I did kind of skip through so I could get to the Kylie bits. But I was listening to all the interviews that were going through. I thought Delta Goodrum's was quite interesting, although mm-hmm. clearly a diva at fifteen. Um, God. <laughs> I don't want to be a, a bad girl. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, I nearly fell off my chair also. At the end, they had Barry Crocker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought he passed away. But literally, oh. like, he, it was so amazing. It was like a sing-along to the theme tune. It was just one of them. It was <laughs> end to a really fantastic show. Well, you know, theme tune-wise, I have to admit, his version, I know, obviously, it's the one we all know. But what they've done to the theme tune over the years has been so awful because it just sounds so wishy-washy and airy-fairy. And I know maybe it doesn't really, the original doesn't fit in with today's cool sounds, but then neither does the one they have now. But it just has no no punch, no impact. And just hearing that original version of the theme tune, it just brings back such lovely memories. And when I, can, when I close my eyes, I, I, I just think about that cricket ball going through the window and Kylie Flinker just pulling her face and all that. Kind of stuff. Oh, I, just, I, I love it. I love it. Obviously, the moment that we were all waiting for was when uh, Madge and Harold and Scott and Charlene were reunited. And what did you make of that moment? Because I was, one, I was very happy that both um, Anne Charleston and Ian Smith both sounded like they were still coherent and yeah. went drooping in a, in, a, in a rest home somewhere. So that made people very happy. In fact, Ian Smith seemed to still... He, I forgot that he used to write the scripts for um, for Neighbours. He wrote them for yeah. Prisoner as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I forgot he was like a multi-talented uh, actor because I think Scott... did Scott, uh, 
did Jason make a reference to it? And then he, anyway, oh, yeah, what did you make of it? It was just incredible. Like you could tell when they all got on the line, they were just genuinely so happy to be reignited because they mentioned mm. that they didn't, they, they were trying to think back was the last time they were all together. And they were thinking maybe it would have been in the late 80s or early 90s, um, even back in the, the neighbors' days. So, yeah, it was just, it was, it was, you could tell there was much love and respect. And uh, it, it was hard to believe when Kylie was talking, she said that she was only in neighbors for two and a half years. Mm. It just seems in, insane because she's so, I don't know, ingrained in popular culture in that moment that that two and a half years seems so much longer. It feels like she was always in it. And they did ask the question whether you heard it, whether she would mm. be coming back if she wanted to come back. And you could tell she was um, like, uh, and she, she said something which I thought was brilliant. And I totally agree with her. She said, I kind of want to leave it at that moment. Cause so bringing her coming back, I think might just take away from the iconness that, that she left in the eighties. I think well, there's a moment when I think I think that she'll know whether it's the right moment. I I still think a small cameo would be a good idea, but for a very special moment, if it's the very very final episode of Neighbours, then that, that bitch gets off her hot pants and she goes back to that program and does one last scene, even if it's just as we said last time on a telephone, because I just think it's the thing that made you, and it doesn't hurt because in this world that kind of moment will then become iconic in itself unless they make a big mess of it. But I think, you know, I don't think they would ever do that. They'd be very careful if they're bringing back Kylie. Um, in that, that interview, I did love it. I love the fact they left Kylie until last, you know, like the queen, like the queen of Sheba arriving at the end. But I did notice that. I thought, but I thought Anne Charleston was a little bit on the brusque side. She didn't seem particularly warm compared to the others. The others seemed a lot more friendly and a, a bit more kind of, I mean, she almost told uh, Ian Smith off a couple of times when he made some joke about something. Or, or And I just thought, thought oh, she's a grumpy old thing. But she must be in her 80s by oh now. Oh, my God. I'd, you know what? I'd love to have a gin and a cigarette with Anne Charles and just sit down and have a chat to her. She sounds like a hoot. Well, she doesn't sound as croaky as she used to. She used to sound very croaky. Uh, but she she sounded a lot better, I thought. Yeah. But no, it was absolutely lovely. And it was nice that... Yeah, I, I wish the interview had gone on a bit longer because it was all a little bit top top level stuff. But I guess there were some good good things in it that came yeah. out of the interview. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, it, it, hopefully this opens a doorway for more kind of radio producers to do more of these kind of reunion radio shows because I think it was a massive success. It was trending over here in the UK. Um, so hopefully we could get, you know, hope, you know, around the twist anniversary or sons mm -hmm. and daughters anniversary. That might be a little bit obscure for the UK, but... Um... Should we go yeah. to step back in time and look back at the Kylie history in the in the anals? <laughs> yeah, let's that's, that's stick ourselves right in those anals right now. <laughs> so we have very two big anniversaries this week, which we mentioned last week, but word is out, it's 30 years of age. Can you believe it? Um, well, sadly, yes, I can, because it was so long ago. Was it 1991 it came out? Was it 1991, the 28th of August, 1991. The highest chart position was oh. number 16 in the UK mm. and 10 in Australia. You were going to say something, sorry. No, no I was going to say that. I just realised when I said uh, what year was it, and obviously it's 30 years, so that's 1991. <laughs> My maths isn't very good today. Um, it's quite yes. early in the morning. I, I oh, because you know what? I remember before this came out, and obviously we just come off the back of Rhythm of Love and the four most amazing singles of Kylie's career where she had managed to woo in the style icons. She'd managed to woo in the people who are the fashionistas and the style people. Suddenly Kylie was cool to people mm. who weren't Kylie fans. The videos were stunning. The songs were amazing. They were remixed to the hilt. 
so there was a lot of expectation for the songs that were coming on the next album. And I remember reading in Smash Hits that uh, she was kind of uh, teasing the Werther's out and she said it was Big Band. And I thought, Big Band? In, the, no, in my in naivety back then, I thought Big Band meant like brass instruments. And I thought it was going to be like some kind of seaside song. <laughs> I thought, what? Big Band? How weird? What's that? Seaside. Yeah, well, I did, you know, that kind of, you know, something that Harold Bishop would be playing on his trombone. Um, and I thought, oh, that's a really weird move for Kylie to, to make. So I thought, oh, what's this going to sound like? I, not realising that Big Band, oh, is it, it was Big Band, wasn't it? That's what they yeah. refer to as. Um, Big Band was an R&B, New Jack City vibe thing. Um, and so when I heard the song for the first time, well, hmm, it wasn't, it was a letdown because it just didn't sound as exciting as what she'd left us with. I was still dizzy from all those high energy, mm. cool, ice cool disco songs. And I was a bit disappointed. What did, what did you make of it? I remember, I think I bought the single before I heard the song. So I was in like a local record store and I bought the yellow cassette, which I still have today, and listened to it. So I listened to it a few times and ended up really liking it because Australia had a different version. We, we had the version that didn't have the kind of, I don't know, the drums in the beginning. Um, and it was, you know, noticeably different in, in, in the verses and stuff, the sound of it. So, yeah, I, I liked, I much prefer the Australian version because that's what I know. Mm. Um, but even, you know, as a nine, as a 10-year-old, just thinking this is a, you know, very different departure from Kylie. It sounded very different to anything she's ever done. And, you could, yeah, I, I liked it. It just took me a while to, and, you know, to turn around because, like, the Let's Get To It album is probably one of my favourites as well, which I still listen to. Um, I quite like it. But, you know, I mean, as I said, it peaked number 16 here in the UK, which is one of her worst performing singles to date in her career at that time. You know, which must have been really devastating for the kind of newly formed PWL. But a lot of people attributed it to the response um, in the charts to the lack of TV promotion and the over-reliance of the controversial video. Now, we've spoken about this video before, how she looked like a prostitute bouncing around, um, you know, Camden Locks. But what was it? I think it might have been controversial at the time, I think, for me watching it, because it was just so different. She looked so different. Well, I guess so, because she'd kind of grown up at this point. She'd been grown up, in fairness. It wasn't that controversial, because if you consider that in What Do I Have to Do, she was rolling around on the floor and, you know, big old saucy and wearing that backless dress as she strode through the uh, the discotheque to that caravan, wherever it was. Um, and then, in, you know, in shock, she was smooching Zane O'Donnell, uh, like there's no tomorrow, and waving her PVC-clad buttocks at, at a keyhole. That, was Jesse P looking through the keyhole? No, of course he wasn't. Yeah, yeah she was looking for a career. Um, <laughs> or looking for another another opportunity. Um, but so it was, I guess, it, it was, it, it, looking back, it was quite tame, the word is out video. It's just that it looked like she was hanging out with a bunch of pimps and prostitutes. And I think that's the thing that probably made it a little bit kind of a bit grittier because the video wasn't sexy as the others, mm. but it wasn't kid friendly. And then I don't think Pete Waterman helped when he, I think he said at the time, didn't he? Or did he say yeah, he, he said, I'm um, dressing like a prostitute wouldn't have been my choice. Mm. And the public seemed to understand that as well, because once they saw her, they, her popularity fell away, end quote. But also by album four, Kylie had moved away from the the kind of kiddie audience and she had been gaining this slightly cooler fan base. And in some ways you lose the early ones and then you kind of gain these, you gain maybe a smaller but more cool, you know, group of fans. So I think that's probably why the sales were slightly different. Also the the, the change in style I don't think helped. 
music, yeah. musical style. Um, I also think, you know, we need to recognise it's been 30 years since the incredibly overlooked, say the word, I'll be there. Oh, but, well, that was the, the highlight of the, the single because, um, I mean, the, the artwork for the single was absolutely amazing. It's her kind of looking very kind of vixen-y by a window, I think, uh, but she's wearing the, the checkered uh, bra and hot pants that she wears in Shocked. So clearly the imagery came from a shoot when that video was done. And if she'd gone for that look in the video, maybe things could have been a lot different. But um, but the, as you say, the best thing about this single was the B-side, Say the Word. I, mean, yes. I wish she'd released this as the main song. Like literally incredible. Absolutely incredible. Looking back at what Let's Get To It ended up being, I don't think this would fit on it. It's completely random. I don't understand. it. For me, it doesn't fit on even the previous album. It's a completely, mm. it's middle of the road. It's a, a beautiful, beautiful song. I remember hearing it for the first time. I couldn't get enough of it because the music was amazing. The song was amazing. The lyrics, I love the lyrics. Her voice sounded good. And it's got like those great chords. Um, but it doesn't fit into any of her, mm. her sounds. I mean, it wasn't, it's, I wouldn't call it a cool song, but it's just a great song. It's a timeless song. It's one of those timeless songs that would, I would love to hear someone cover actually. Yeah, or, exactly. Or Kylie redo again. But I'd like to hear somebody else sing it to see what it's like. If somebody's already done it, then let us know. But um, yeah, that was the highlight for me. And I listened to that way more than I did listen to the uh, to the A side. One of the Fanogues meant, um, reached out and gave us their um, thoughts when they first heard it. What, what did they say? Well, let's see what they said. I think, uh, uh, like us, our Fanogues are quite vocal. Now, one of them, a lovely chap called Carl. Uh, oh yes, he's he's got a mouth on him. Uh, he says the word is out, aka turd is out. <gasps> one of the worst tracks she's ever recorded. Not quite where in the world, Christian. But <laughs> you know how much I love that one. And our dear friend Jamie, star of uh, Diminutive Collection from a few weeks ago, uh, he also uh, sent us his uh, memories of the song and says the word is out. I didn't hear it much until later on. Obviously, he wasn't born then. I think. Don't think no, he wasn't. No. Um, <laughs> I heard it in, oh yes, 2012 during the K25, and it was one of my favourite PWL tracks as I found it sassy and empowering. But thank you, Jamie, for being so uh, supportive and giving us your feedback. And thanks for those who um, messaged in. So actually, we should now talk about the the other big anniversary that we've got. We've got Confide in Me, which came Mm -hmm. out on the 29th of August, 1994. I mean, I think we've spoken about this song at length throughout the series of this this podcast and really sort of changed the game and changed Kylie's trajectory, I think. Without the success of this song, we wouldn't have Kylie as, as we know her today. Um, went to number two in the UK and went to number one in Australia. It was, you know, a rapid fire club hit, a hypnotic song with like an incredible pop-up video. It was just completely stylistic through visual and musical it was just such an incredible feast for my eyes at at 14 years of age when it came out Mm. I mean again uh, you know having left PWL which I thought for me was a mistake I thought oh my god where's Kylie gonna go what what is she gonna do there was a lot of expectation on my part and as I said in one of the previous uh, episodes um, you know I spent a whole week waiting for it to appear on the radio because I hadn't heard it at this point and I kept missing it for some reason it was only when I woke up at five in the morning or four in the morning at some point and I heard the middle of the 
the huge 10 minute remix which mm. i thought oh, oh that's ooh, 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 it's, it's weird but then i love the can you keep a secret bit at the end i thought well that's a good song so maybe that's the song um not knowing that it was absolutely nothing like the song so when i heard the song for the first time and i heard those majestic strings i was absolutely beside myself i couldn't believe what i was hearing it sounded like it just sounded amazing i think it was like crying now because the memories are coming kind of flooding back it was so exciting it was this beautiful orchestral string opening and and then it just kicked into this just really seductive and intimate and yet majestic song at the, uh, at the same time it was, oh it was uh, and vocally she was amazing because she sang so high in the chorus and the sexy vocals and the stick of twist bit there's so many mm. elements of it that so, i was so impressed i was so pleased and oh i i i didn't want to i didn't know what to make of it yeah, I completely agree. And, and it still, you know, stands up today. And so does that whole album, as we keep saying, that Colleen 94 album really is a timeless piece of art and has, doesn't, hasn't aged. Um, and then obviously we need to talk about the B-sides on, on that single as well. Nothing, nothing Can Stop Us and If You Don't Love Me. Both. Well, there are both covers, these songs. And mm. again, this, these were a bit like Say the Word. These songs seem completely inappropriate for this release because they're middle of the road pop songs nothing can, can stop us was um a cover of a saint etienne song and she kind of kept it very faithfully close to saint etienne i can't remember if saint etienne produced this did they produce this song for her because i know they, they did write and produce a song which i always go on about called when are you coming home which has never heard the light of day and i would love to hear that because they were this is this was our time and saint etienne were in their poppiest mode and i'd love to have heard what they did for kylie um it was a really faithful version it had it sounded lighter than the saint etienne version uh but it's very summery you get that that lovely emotion memory of the smell of summer in your nose when you hear the song it's really mm. lovely yeah but the, the one that i loved the most was if you don't love me which is oh. a prefab spout prefab sprout cover which is an up-tempo song but she turned it into this lovely piano uh candlelight song way before it became trendy to do that and her voice sounds sensational on it it's kind of the first time we i heard kylie do a song like this where it's very raw stripped back her vocal is just the star of the show and i think it's the very first time i as a young fan at that time, I've heard her do something like that and you know you, you, you listen to it and you're like yeah she can sing that girl can sing well, you know, I, I, she did it live, didn't she, on one of her tours? Was it the... It was the, the, the Let's Get To It tour, all right? On, I think I've got that on VHS. No, no, that's, that, I, that's a tour. total incorrect thing. Let us know if let us know if what tour she sang this on, because I know she did do it once. No, wouldn't it be the anti-tour? I don't know if she did. I can't remember. I thought she was sitting on some stairs doing it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking oh, of her. God, actually, I'm actually terrible. Wasn't. My mind and my memory is shocking. Exactly. See, we, we don't we don't research for this these episodes. No, we, we just, we just chat. We just literally chat, which makes it, it better because it's all about our real real life, real time memories, like real people. We're not you know trying to you know fake our memories. But um, but you know what? I would love to hear her do this song alongside Telltale Signs and also that bluesy version she used to do of uh, I Should Be Slucky on the Piano. Oh yeah, and she could have a lovely little bluesy moment with the three songs because I think they would work really well. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful version. It really does demonstrate her voice as being quite wonderful. Um, oh, this would be lovely on one of those uh, ballads albums, you know, like Madonna's Something to Remember. Oh my God. I think Kylie should do that. Oh, but she doesn't really have that many ballads, does she? She can totally do a duet multi disc um, CD, but I don't, she has that, not, doesn't really have that many ballads. 
Well, I'm like, well after this, I, my challenge is to find out how many ballads she's had. <laughs> I suppose there's one or two. Well, it's probably one on each album, right? So there's Flower like a, and there's... Yeah, there's Sweet Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose there is. I mean, half of let's get, uh, half of enjoy yourself kind of ballad, telltale signs and all that kind of one. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you've got me excited now. Yes. And, <laughs> oh, don't forget Keith Washington's moment. Um, oh, if you're with me now. Yeah, yes. Oh, God. I'm so excited. Oh, oh I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to have to, and, you know, we could even throw Fragile in. That's on Fever because I think that's kind of like a laid back kind of, um, mm. that's kind of ballady in a ballady type way. No? Yes. Before we move on, I just want to say that also Confiding Me also boasted some great remixes. You've got the 10 Minute Master, whatever it's called, Big Brothers, Mix, whatever it was called. I don't know what it was called. Big, the 10 Minute one, which uh, which we spoke to Steve Anson about. And, you know, he was saying how much they loved not just remixing a song, but kind of turning it into something completely different. And we had three different songs in one 10 minute song. And as I, as I said to Steve at the time, please do it. I'd love to hear. Can you keep a secret? As a, as a song in its own right, because I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's the Big Brother another... mix is the 10 minute 26 one. And what was the slow version? There's one where it's kind of like this kind of very um, ethereal, uh, stripped back version on, on the two CDs. It was beautiful. Was it called The Master? It was called The Master Mix. That's the main song. Um, and that was really beautiful. It's got this kind of very quiet background with a kind of slight, slight, um, uh, the occasional rhythmic percussion in the background and it's just really beautiful and then there's another cheap dance remix of it that appeared on put yourself in my place cd which is one that i forget about but then i always find it and it's brilliant because it's really really 90s uh club uh but keeping the melody and the chords and everything so oh there was so much they offered with confiding me it was a really good uh a good opening track for her deconstruction mm. period Sadly, yeah. for me, the album never compared to Confiding Me. It set, up, set Kylie such a standard to follow that she ultimately failed, in my opinion, because she couldn't, she didn't match up. No other song matched up to that song. Yeah. Should we go to Alpha Nogue now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's oh, my it? God. So, ladies and gentlemen, put your feet up, grab yourself a cup of coffee. We met the most incredible and energetic Fanog. So now we're going to pass you on to the joyous Michael. Hi, hello, hello, hello. I'm a, I still can't believe I'm here. <laughs> oh, bless you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Hello. Thank, well, thank you. you. Thank so, you. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate coming on. So how did you discover the joys of Lamanog? Um, When I would have been 1980, would have been six. I think Skyways. Oh. An episode. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you remembered her from that? Ish. So, but then the big one was um, Henderson Kids when she played Charlotte. Uh, and that was just 80, I think it would have been 85. Um, and that's when I thought, oh, this is, oh, she's just awesome. So I just captured every single scene. I thought, oh, who is this person? Uh, and then <laughs> Neighbours, of course. Yeah. Uh, that first episode, the first scene. Uh, and then obviously the whole um, Scott and Charlene business. And then when she released um, uh, Locomotion, and then that was just next level. So I was already falling like in love with her over the years. Mm. And then and then when that happened, it was just next level. And then uh, I should be so lucky. And also the locomotion. I like the locomotion Australian version 
not the yes. the locomotion. I'm sorry. No. Okay, so I was about to bring that up before Kieran did, before because Kieran goes on about this all the time, and I still it, it's it is their best version. So sorry about that, Christian. I really do apologize. <laughs> well, you should apologize because I hate it. <laughs> I really do. No, yeah, I I keep meaning to listen to it. I I promised with you recently I'd listen to it again because maybe I'm being a little bit mean. Um, I'm not sure I am because it still haunts my my ears slightly, but um, I will listen to it again and see if I do like it. But I'm I do prefer that chunky PWL nonsense. The cheap oh, pace, the, the, the video as well, the graffiti, everything. I was just yeah. Mm. So and the video had product placement. Do you remember exactly. the video with the impulse, the impulse yeah, um, yeah. deodorant? <laughs> so funny, so funny. Because you yeah. you grew up in Australia, right? I did grow up in Australia. I've been now in London for eleven years. This period, mm-hmm. I was in London originally before in the nineties as well. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember so, when Kylie used to come on and do little guest spots on Young Talent Time with Danny? Yes. Like, <gasps> literally, I feel sorry for people in the UK and people around the world for they not get growing it, up with yeah. Young Talent Time. I know it, it was just incredible. That when, um, especially when she's like in the locomotion, goes like my little sister. Um, um, yeah, that that line. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always see Danny. I always picture Danny in my head, which is just. <laughs> I thought, like, oh yeah, so it is just. But then when she, when um, Danny like left Young Talent Time and they were doing sisters for um, sisters doing for themselves in that green dress, oh heaven. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. they tried <laughs> really to bring Young fan. Talent Time back. Um, sadly, it didn't work. But it was such I can't I can't describe it how um, how amazing the show was. It really brought the nation all together because really I grew did. up in North a Friday Queensland. night, Saturday yeah. night, yeah. yeah. It was, um, and it was, and we had three channels back then, so no, we, we, we were just watching that. Um, and it really was, uh, and you just these kids. I, I just watched the 50th anniversary Young Talent Time special a few weeks ago, and it was amazing. It was just, uh, yeah. Um, I, it was pay per view. It was amazing. Oh, good! I need um, to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you boys, you, you, Michael, you surprised me. You're you're very giddy when it comes to Kylie. You seem very excited when you talk about Kylie. But from God. where I can see you, you look like you work in a very serious place. What do you do in your real life? I have interest. And how do you mix your your real life with your Kylie Minogue secret life, or maybe not? So it's, oh, it's so not secret. Absolutely not secret at all. <laughs> it's no secret. That, it's no secret. Exactly. Uh, um, I work as a project manager for a travel company oh. um so yeah so i've been i've been traveling now for nearly 20 years and it is serious but you have to have fun in your um in your work life and your daily life i'm now 47 the the joys are like um the working really hard playing hard when in my 20s and 30s have slowed down i now enjoy work and i enjoy where i work i enjoy people i work with mm. i'm in the office by myself which is like i feel like the queen of the world <laughs> um so yeah so oh, it's, it's fantastic but no it's um yeah it's it's a great it's a great sort of like um great gig uh but mu- like p- music and pop culture mm-hmm. and kylie is that's that yeah that is my alternate life as well do you and, remember yeah. where you were when you first got the first kylie album Oh, I've actually still got it at home. The, the vinyl, okay, um, and also the, the um, and also the I um, I've also found that got to be um, the, the locomotion um, and I found it by accident. I thought I, that got rid of it ages ago. I've got the vinyl. I should be so lucky and um, locomotion um, um, single. I thought <gasps> I nearly died when I saw that. I was going through all my things. So yeah, so yeah. So where was I? I was. I think it was coming home from school. It would have been like a record shop in um in like um, Western Sydney. So I, I had to like buy the I saw bought the single and also the vinyl. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. So as soon as I found out she was releasing that sort of um the the single, uh, and it was just 
and it was always on um, on on radio as well, like with um today, um like to take forty as well, and I was like waiting to sort of like hear the sort of like where it's gonna I'm um, gonna chart uh, as well. So yeah, <laughs> and back back then I was also like when I sort of started getting older, I became a bit of a stalker and a groupie Ooh. as well for pop bands when they came to Australia, and also Kylie Minogue as well. So been lucky enough to meet see Kylie back in the back when there's no social media back when there's like Ooh. no mobile phones we'll talk about that a little bit later when, it, when, we, go, when we go through the years so, so, so yeah. um so when you met her what was it like was she was she friendly did you throw yourself at her did you say anything you shouldn't the first time I met her in inverted commas uh was at the Mardi Gras performance in 93 oh, wow. afterwards it was about five o'clock in the morning <laughs> um so I saw this girl dancing by herself I thought, oh, she's really, really cool. Um, and I got close. I thought, like, um, yeah, and it was Kylie Minogue. Um, Five o'clock in the morning, Kylie. Yeah, dancing. Uh, you know what she was like during the 90s? 93. It was, yeah, it was just, it, she was amazing. And there was no one around her. She was waiting for a friend to get drinks. Um, I, I, I was going to go up to her, but I thought, no, hi, let's get some, some space. Um, back then, back in Mardi Gras as well, you wouldn't go, like, it, it was literally a safe space. There was no cameras yeah. anywhere. There was yeah. a theme sort of thing. And it was like, there was a time when she didn't think, um, oh, what, so, um, what do I have to do was her, was when she performed and that song just went to, it was just amazing. Like it was so hot in the, in the, um, in the, um, the RHI. It was just one of those amazing performances. And it was my second Mardi Gras. And I just thought, wow. And it was my 20th birthday because my, my, my birthday is always around Mardi Gras weekend. So I thought oh. she's singing it to me. She's so, <laughs> so it was, it well, was, she was. Amazing. Yeah, she she's, was. She sings yes. it to all kind of yeah. <laughs> and, and the next time I met her was actually when she was um, doing promotion for um, Impossible Princess. Oh. Um, and she was staying outside the Double Bay Hotel, which is the unfortunate place where Michael Hutchins passed away. Oh, yeah. Um, um, uh, so back as I said, like, I used to be a groupie, so I was like stalking where they were going to be. This is before internet. So you'd how know did you How going. did you find out where she was going to be back in those days? Contacts. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, we were like we were following around Take That, Boy Zone, uh, <laughs> um, Alanis Morissette, sort of all that. There's other stories, um, but yeah, Kylie Minogue, uh, and then it was, she was doing um, the Black Thunders with Today FM. Um, back at uh, um, um, back then, uh, and I just realized I was in the area, and she was there with the Black Thunders, uh, and there was a, a gaggle of gays, um, and <laughs> uh, and then yeah, she was just wearing this awesome red, top to toe red, like what she was wearing in "I Did It Again" video, oh. um, uh, and. Yeah, she was just and just talking naturally. We're just amazing. I've got some photos with her. Just so so cool, so so cool, so lovely. Uh, yeah, wow. I, but it was just and I still can't believe she was standing at the same hotel where Michael Hutchins passed away a few months earlier. Mm. Yeah, so but it was it was great. So when you when you first but during the PWL years, yes, uh, <laughs> give us your overview of the PWL years. What were the songs that jumped out at you? What were the ones that you loved? The ones you didn't like? <laughs> And the one, and what did you make of the the direction she took over those four albums? Uh, PWL, there's so so many. Like obviously, uh, Locomotion was the one that sort of kicked it off for us in Australia. But Got to Be Certain was amazing for me. Um, Hand on Your Heart is just oh my Jeez. goodness. When she when she performs at a concert, I just lose it. Um, I know it's part of a medley, uh, but then it was. Um, 
uh, the, yeah, this oh, what else? Um, Secrets is really nice. Oh. Um, but then that, when that, you got that's one that doesn't come up very often. Secrets. Yeah, it's just that's, got that's a whole like, like nice vibey summary sort mm. of feel. Yep. So, mm. and I love there's always some double meaning to the songs as well. Like when you listen to the words, they, they there's a heartbreak. Like bit of you know, one of the most saddest songs. You can mm-hmm. hear, but it is just amazing. And what do I have to do? Um, mm. Sort of the evolution of it all. Um, word is out, I like, because it's a oh. bit sort of, yeah, it's a bit different. Well, we, um, had, we had a different version in Australia, remember? We had the different um, production yeah. for Word is Out. Yeah, and like, uh, je ne sais pas pourquoi, because that's what I learned French, four words. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. It was, but um, that, that Rhythm of Love album was just mm. next level. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And it, but as I said, every album is an evolution. Um, I hate when people say, oh, this is um, it's Kylie comeback. It's not, she's evolving. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's it, true. It's just, uh, and it's, and it's just an artist. She wants to grow. You don't want to sort of stay stagnant or sort of, and I really do believe that the, the, um, the lady, she, um, the, the further on she got, she was more in control of her own music and destiny as well. Yeah. Mm. The evolution is, is is right, I think, and sometimes even we get caught up with like the different styles and stuff. But you were correct in saying that you know it's not a, a comeback; it's an evolution. I love that. It's yeah, that's yeah, that's great. I love that. So one what, of a big evolution. Oh, no, no, you go. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. One of oh, the yeah, big. Yeah. And I will start fighting over you now. Um, the one of the big evolutions when Kylie left PWL and went to deconstruction and what did you make of that because obviously it was a very different sound was she ticking all your boxes or was she disappointing you I um I was like waiting to hear um confiding me mm. um uh and I nearly crashed my car I was driving the car um I had to like literally t- um sw- t- park my car to t- take it all in <laughs> and it was just Oh, the um, the, everything. The production was amazing, mm. and I know I know you like when you um when you sort of um sort of reviewed the album for your first Dominion collection. I was I, I was I wanted like more of the same sounds. Um, so I was thinking where 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 is that? But um, put yourself in my place was amazing as well. So mm. that was just uh, that was a great sort of that was a great album. That was, it was still a great album. And I, I, I have a Kylie Appreciation Day once a month, so I go through all of all of albums. Oh my god, so, amazing! So <laughs> what, you sit month. down and do chronologically all through once a month. I go through the albums, yeah. It's just like like for me, Kylie is light. It's just whenever you just want to like you just want to sort of um, concentrate on things just brings all those sort of um yeah the album just sort of just yeah it just brings me to another world basically and I just oh. I can concentrate on work and just listen to it um as i said i'm in the office by myself so she's my company do you have uh, someone special in your life who has to share my this? husband oh really so <laughs> I, does... tell, I tell him um he's my she's my first relationship <laughs> my longest relationship so yeah but this is what i like to ask all the time because i think sometimes it's a big commitment for someone else to be in your life because it is like the diana prince charles and camilla uh three three in a marriage type thing so i mean when, when you first met him how did he re- i mean was he a kylie fan he's uh, a singer-songwriter as well oh. so uh, he he's from ireland um He's amazing. Um, uh, he's also 30, 13 years younger than me. So he didn't get 13 years younger than you. 13, 13. Okay, so that was 40, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm 47 <laughs> now and he's 34 now. So many when he's 21. So he was still, he didn't get the whole Kylie thing, but he soon learned. Um, so. <laughs> 
Sit down and you will listen to Impossible yeah. Princess. So, but I, I, but I do explain to him like the whole things with Kylie, and also, I, I just love that I am now of an age where we we were part of that music sort of history sort of thing, and mm. uh, and it's and not just Kylie Minogue. It's like sort of Madonna was sort of like, um, re, um, like really sort of breaking down barriers as well, sort of um, where other barriers were broken down before her. So constant artists sort of um, are const- uh, breaking barriers. And mm-hmm. we were, I think we were lucky to have that. And also there was lucky that we'd have social media Ooh. tear everyone down all the time. So yeah. it's, a, it's a double-edged sword where, um, but yeah, it's, he does get Kylie Minogue, thankfully. Uh, but also it's no secret once again, um, it's all in my all in my social media. You see Kylie Minogue's everywhere. Did uh, did Kylie play a part in your wedding in any way? Did, was she a first dance? Was she uh, walking no. down the aisle? Oh no! No, I had Muriel's wedding for my um, for my wedding. Oh, what the um, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the dancing queen, the the, the, the bells. Oh, so, yeah, amazing! So, yeah, I had that mine so, as well. Yeah, so yeah, it was amazing. And Halo was our song because I was listening to the car. Um, and he was listening to us. So yeah, so another another person. But yeah, she's still. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but we didn't have Kylie Minogue. Um, we had Kylie Minogue. I think it was the first dance, um, at our when no one could hear the music. But yeah, um, but she was part of the um ceremony at least, but not the wedding yeah. ceremony, the yeah. reception. Oh, so so Mike, Michael, you're actually quite famous in the Kylie ether. Really? I think you are because you were at Glastonbury, right? <laughs> I was. And you yes. were the one that was dressed as Kylie 1988 in the crowd, yes. right? Yes, the hair, um, the brim hat. The brim hat. Like, I, I re- remember seeing you and, like, that is one of the best outfits I've ever seen. Well, as soon because um, I, I was like, lucky enough, I've been lucky enough to go to Glastonbury a few times and the first time I did it was with Dolly Parton. Um, oh, and I dressed up as Dolly Parton and I'm on, on every single Dolly Parton special now with, like, my tits hanging out and the blonde hair. <laughs> um, but... Kylie Minogue had to be special and I knew everyone as I said I'm of an age where I can't be rocking the sort of like the gold hot pants or the sort of white bodysuit <laughs> yeah and I wanted to go for the iconic look the one that sort of got me the most was the first album yeah um and the gotta be certain sort of thing so I thought made it, I made a little hat and, and the, black, the black dress and I um I always know whether we always try and get to the stage. We were like we were there um, about three or four hours before her performance. So we watched years and years, um, the, um, and it was just amazing. And then I, when she, when the first notes of Junior Papa Quark came on, I thought I am up this. I don't care if it's kind <laughs> things so, because everyone was getting up for all, all the other songs. But this, that, this was just the era, and I just happened to be by myself. <laughs> in the crowd standing like on someone's shoulders and it panned to me and then she noticed me which yeah. was amazing and then I, I i know she like sort of spoke about it in interviews and then just recently um celebrating glastonbury as well she posted about it again and then last year and my picture was there and i just like i yeah my i, I need lost it when i saw that picture when she was posting i thought wow she actually saw that and that was a view from what she was seeing yeah so it was it was great and it's it's still like an amazing moment and I still pinch myself that actually happened. Well I really, I really done, do. It, was it was just literally incredible. Such a great outfit. And I hope you wear that every Halloween and on your Kylie Appreciation Day every month as well. Well, um, some bitch um, smashed my hat. <laughs> oh, what, so, on the day? Yeah, on the day. Well, was, we, were, we were watching Miley Cyrus. Um, so that hat's gone. So I need to make another one. The black dress is still got, but the hat's gone, unfortunately. So yeah, I wasn't going to wear like, it would have been like a draggled um, roadkill hat. So no. <laughs> 
<laughs> we were talking about the hat recently in one of our episodes, and um, we were quite curious about the hat because obviously it was a rim hat, just a rim, a rim, a rim. Yeah. So how did you How did you go about making this hat? Did you? I cheated. Full hat? Oh, <laughs> no, I had a full hat and um um uh and a wig glued on. Oh, <laughs> easy. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. clever. Maybe that's what Kylie did. <laughs> easy. I'm not gonna uh, like. I'm not gonna sort of wear a wig underneath. No, easy. I'm I'm, I'm very cheap and um, yeah. I've, I haven't watched Blue Peter. I watched um, ABC Play School, so we know how to do these things. I would never have thought of doing that. To be honest. <laughs> I, would, I would literally just cut a rim. And put no, I was, that, was, that was that was the original thing. I thought too hard. I'm 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 getting I'm prepping for Glastonbury. I've got to pack everything else. I am not going to be doing arts and crafts as well. Oh, no wonder that had like roadkill if, if there was hair stuck to it. It was it was uh, like and then also cleared the um, it was like Moses clearing the path as well. When people saw that, I thought, yep, fantastic, get out of my way, people. <laughs> get me to the front of the stage. Who yeah. did you go to Glastonbury with? And were they were they proud of you? I organise a group, and it's about sixty of us that oh, we got oh, tickets wow. for. Yeah, and they all and I got them dressed up as Kylie. So thirty of us dressed, dressed up as Kylie. Wow. They had different versions and all that as well. So there's also pictures of us wearing handmaids. So we actually dressed up as handmaids. So, <laughs> so, so, where was, um, so yeah. Where did you meet all these Kylie fans? Oh, no, you... they're not Kylie fans, just mates. I made oh. them wear it. So I was the oh. organizer of the group. You so some, some of them were Kylie. Um, one of them went as Danny because he's a massive Danny fan. So, <laughs> really? yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Danny, uh, Danny's albums, Danny's music is amazing, though. Like, it's very underrated. Which very, album very underrated. Oh. No, I like girl. I like girl Kira, as well. Kira doesn't like it. He likes neon lights. Yeah, why? Like neon, neon, lights. Uh, neon lights. Neon lights. See, neon lights is is a, is a banger for like the Ibiza sort of thing. But girl for me is like that. Yeah, I just love it. Bubblegum pop. <laughs> Going back to to Kylie. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, so let's go back to Kylie. Completely <laughs> <laughs> forgot about Kylie. Source, yeah. <laughs> just um, your friends. Do you have to? You find yourself like preaching the gospel of Kylie to your friends, or are they not anymore? No. No, they just know not to. Um, they just know not to sort of um, mess with me about it. Um, in, back in the day, back in the early nineties, <laughs> um, back when I was in school, high school, and everything else as well, I was always trying to defend her because you see all the, all the horrible articles about her that she mm. couldn't sing. When you hear this, when you hear the songs, her like the, oh yeah, I I, I, I don't have to defend Kylie anymore because like it, she's proven herself time and time again, and that Glastonbury performance has shut everybody up now. Totally. So like um, totally. the big, the biggest audience, um, the songs, the choices, the voice. The emotion you can't get that, so it was amazing. So I shut everybody up, so I don't have to fight a corner anymore. And also think that you know the past couple of albums she's written all by herself as well. Yes. So as a songwriter and as a producer, I think you know she's you know just keeps coming out and fighting. And you're right, she just doesn't have to prove herself. I'm producing an album in lockdown, so yeah. which we need another version of. So yeah, so no, she's she's amazing, and it really, it really is. And as I said, like she's um, a fighter, she's a survivor. She the amount of um, stuff that she has to have um, put up with over the last 30, 40 years, she gets, keeps on getting back up, and she keeps on fighting. And that's that's um, and I sort of try and live by that ethos as well. Don't let them sort of step all over you. Yeah. What Amen. do you think she should do next after disco? What would you like to see her do? Oh, I would. I, I, I've been listening to your things. I would like to do a duet album. Oh, she's done enough of them, hasn't she? No, done, yeah. no, no, because I know you, um, you guys have been. Um, I know there's been an Ed Sheeran sort of like um, uh, rumor, which I, I would love for them to perform that song that they um that was formed at Margaret funeral. It's just such a beautiful song, and I can just imagine the harmonies together. Um, but also I like the Bond theme album. That would that'd be amazing. Mm. Um, that that's nice. Um, but I think pop. She's just like just but growing up pop. The the pop that we she was like um. 
trailblazing back in the early um early 2000s as well uh that was that was a great era like she can do whatever she wants she can she, she yeah i'll buy it i can she can read the telephone book i'll buy it <laughs> you're not too. watching at all well it's, yeah. the telephone book's a little bit like uh, body language right because yeah I, I felt like listening to the... i bought it though but yeah yeah, yeah. and kiss me once <laughs> well that wasn't as bad as uh, uh body, oh, language. That was, body that language was terrible. trying too hard you're body forgetting x yeah x was mm, i had the one on that didn't i though x was redeemed by the one Actually, if you combine some of those, if you combine those three albums, albums yeah, exactly. it was actually quite nice. Get rid of all the rubbish. Exactly. Um, I have to, uh, two things I always ask. One, what did you make of Impossible Princess? As you know, I'm not a fan. Kieran loves it. You're Australian, so you, you must love it. And secondly, uh, she then uh, transformed into a pop disco queen again with Light Years. So take me through your Impossible Princess to Light Years period. Or Impossible okay, Princess. Uh, you, Christian needs to know about your disco. And you know, and obviously you have to name drop a song that I love. Otherwise, I'll be very disappointed. Um, Impossible Princess is is one of my all-time favorite albums right. of any artist. Um, it was just raw. Um, it was her. It was her sort of saying a massive F you to everybody. Um, and it was, and that concert, because like, I, I saw the concert Ooh. here in London, at Shepherd's Bush, because ah. um, I, I had just moved over from Australia. And I thought, because I missed um, I missed the sort of concert in Australia. And then she did about two or three shows. I went to two of those shows. Um, and I did two, two, two shows. And um, I was front row. And it was just heaven. It was so stripped back. Uh, and it was just amazing atmosphere as well. And it was my first Kylie experience in the UK. Obviously, mm. I had to go to heaven. And I was so not heaven, a GIY Astoria. That's, that is just not the next level. We're seeing her live there. So you went um, to see her uh, the story when she was doing the oh, Light Years launch? Because I was there too. So yeah, we oh, my have, goodness. We must have been breathing in the same yes. sweaty gay air. It was. And it and the, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> of, of, yeah, I wondered that was on the floor. And it's been stuck there as well because it can't move. So... <laughs> Because it's a sticky floor, not because it's yeah, so busy. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but it was that that album was uh, um, Impossible Prince was amazing, and it was such such a shame that it happened all around the time of all the oh, everything yeah. happened, which was which was horrible. And she got slated for a big time over here in the UK, which was just not right. Uh, but then when Light Years happened, that was just that was my album of the year, like because it was Ooh. just um, it was summer. Mm-hmm. It was um, I will go into a beat a few times. I saw, um, and it was just such a um, such a, a cohesive album as well spinning around even though she didn't write it it's such an autobiographical album as, um, song as well uh yeah it was just yeah i loved it I what, made me, what made me see how of this story like because i have none because i was paralytic <laughs> but i remember hearing your disco news for the first time seeing as you haven't mentioned it and i remember i hearing... was going to okay, you didn't well, give me a yeah i love to see you just gonna need you <laughs> <laughs> that's all i needed to hear that's all i needed to hear but, yeah. um, but... From that night, what do you remember? Because I remember hearing it for—I think it was for the first time that night—and it, um, but it was such such an amazing performance because it, 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 and it was rammed. That, that's it, and um, it was just the whole um, the atmosphere, and it was so different to Impossible Princess, and mm. the, the joy in everyone's face as well, and the joy in her face performing it to us. Yeah, because you, I saw some other performances of hers um, before, and it was just, especially like in the late nineties, it was very, mm. very close, very guarded. Mm. But where the, on that night, it was just freedom, and she was like really in the element. I thought, oh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> um, and that that concert as well <laughs> was just heaven as well. It was just yeah. such a beautiful. I was so once again stripped back with the little boat sort of thing as I sort of, um, but it was just really. 
yeah, it's just a really cool album. Um, I, I, I hope she doesn't perform kids anymore, though. That, that song is just great, you know what I mean? <laughs> that I'll be the I, song I, that every for no case. I, yeah. I, I loved it, I loved it at the time, but mm. come on, 30 versions later, we, we can do without it now. Yeah, I, so, I agree. She could do a duet album just singing it with other people. <laughs> She's done it oh, yeah, 13 versions of, of, of kids. <laughs> I'd kill myself in, in, all her, in all her different guises. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love, but I also love her that when she experiments with like new artists as well, like when she's doing things with Tate with like the GH, um, GBH, not the GH3. Oops. We don't want to cut that out. <laughs> um, I think she probably was on GHB yeah, yeah. when she was recording it. Um, but I love when she like, um, and also when she does things with like Hertz, it was so Ooh, lift filled. I love that song. Yeah. But the harmony, and her, as I said, her voice is so underrated. When she's like doing harmonies with other artists, she brings something else to that song. Like, even the one with um, Years and Years, yeah. she just brings something else to that song, completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just awesome. She's You're like, right. She should do a, a duet album because she's got all these great duets that not one, no, they're not really popular. She should just put them on a compilation and put it out. It's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. It's a, like, because I love Mum. Do you, do you <gasps> like that? Like, I'm like it, yes. I'm probably you. I think we us two are the only ones that actually like that song. But and my husband loves it as well. <laughs> it's just so different and unusual. I really want more people to hear it. Yeah, completely, and that's the thing. Like, there's so many things that she's done where it hasn't she hasn't sort of got the um the credit for. Mm. she brings something to a song and she's so professional you can just tell that she just goes in there knows the sort of stuff people love working with her people want to work with her um and she's not um she's not trying too hard which i'm not going to mention any other artists um because i love that person as well um but yeah it's uh but she is she's just she's a superstar she really is oh sorry christian no no no, i was gonna say say, i was gonna say um I'm just interrupting. What am I going to say? I can't remember what I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, uh, what, what you said about her doing songs like Hurts, I love Kylie as a ballad singer sometimes yes. because, as much as yes. we love her as a disco queen, when she does songs like Flower, Devotion, oh. uh, In Denial, I, her voice oh, sounds beautiful. In Denial. Sounds beautiful. And I wish maybe maybe a ballad album would be quite a nice thing to have at some point, like Madonna did with something to remember. Yeah, that was oh that was something was, was really mm. cool as well. So mm. yeah, but yeah, a ballads album and and also when she sings in concerts, you could just tell the emotion and hear the emotion in her voice as well. And it, and people um when I've got to concerts with friends that like Kylie, but they don't love Kylie, they go, Why never she could sing? I said, Well, what do you think she's been doing? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you must on, be such it, a tough friend. <laughs> so well, she wouldn't be in this industry if people didn't, if she couldn't sing. Actually, um, no, um, no. record companies want to spend all that money on her to sort of um, think it's she's an artist. Uh, and well, then Madonna's got away with it for a long time. Yeah, well, we won't speak about her. So yeah, uh, yeah, Kylie, <laughs> shut me down. <laughs> if Kylie joined us now. What would oh, you say? God, to don't her? you dare. <laughs> oh, no, she, she's not, don't worry. Oh, thank goodness. I was thinking, oh, this is your life moment. <laughs> so what you... Where's Bert Newton? Um, uh, what would I say to her? Just thank you. Thank you for, like, I'm going to say like Abba now. That's because I thank you for the music. <laughs> but, no, just, um, but no, just thank you for, like, just, she really is a lie. Like, she's, um, I know um, people always go, oh, she's been there in the roughest times and toughest times. She has been there. She's literally a soundtrack, soundtrack to my life. Good, mm. bad, ugly, and everything else as well. Um, happy, joy, everything. Like, and it really is. I, I can put on a Kylie album and, like, um, or a, a performance, like a, I'm a sort of like a, um, a DVD of a, one of her, um, her, her earlier tours, um, and just always brings light. Um, and just uh, yeah, it's amazing. Aww. Every every gay man, oh, sorry, 
I think you were just going there, Kieran. I was just going to say, every gay man goes through a tough time in their life. Has Kylie brought you back from dark places? Oh, yes. Mm. Um, And just in one word, yes, absolutely. Uh, There was a few few hairy moments uh, in my life, a few close to the bone moments. But yeah, it's music has that power. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, it really does. And but Kylie, as I said, like it, she has brought me back from br- the brink for so many times uh, that I can't remember. Mm. And, and, and uh, yeah. And why do you think gay men are specifically or particularly uh, in love with Kylie? There's something about her. What is it about her that makes us all she's, feel? She's an closer? underdog. We, mm. we love the underdog. We, I love, she, and she's fought for us. She hasn't just dumped on a bandwagon for us. I remember, as I said, she was, I, I remember early interviews of hers, um, uh, and especially when she did Mardi Gras, um, unannounced, because obviously back then it was unannounced. Uh, you didn't know who it was. And just the way she was interacting with us, um, the way she said it was our party and she was happy to be invited to our party. Just mm. so she gets it. Um, she's She has, um, and she supported us so we won't have to support her because it's it's a two-way street that she doesn't take us for granted we're not the pink pound or the pink dollar mm-hmm. she worked um and she did but she also we also um respect what she wants to do as well so we're not i'm not gonna like say i, I love everything of kylie's because i don't um Ooh. but i'll support kylie because that's she's an artist and i will buy her songs and i, I will buy her stuff yeah. So yeah, yeah, but I think it's just because like, she's an underdog. She's fought. Um, she's had to fight so many battles as well. And sometimes I feel, you know what? No, it's not fair. She d- she doesn't deserve all the sort of um, all the sort of um, hate that comes towards her as well. Mm. Yeah, I think people like her a lot more now. I think once upon a time yeah. we all we all had to defend her at school. Oh my goodness, and early nineties and, and and even the mid nineties. Oh my, it was just horrible. Yeah, I mean the, the cool the cool school loved her, but people still didn't really get her but then uh, the thing that does irritate me is that now everyone loves Kylie oh. and they're all the people who didn't like Kylie or probably some of them who didn't like Kylie at the time and now she's seen as this kind of uh, mm. all-round Saints. entertainer yeah, yeah. and yeah. that irritates me because we were there all the way through we, we defended her in the, the OGs the OGs <laughs> yeah. and I love and every time she's like things I'm not like this um uh and says that um and we're like always like she's been there for um we've been there for a while like she's been with us for a while we've been there for a while with her mm. so they're like we've been there forever um um and it's and we're not going to go anywhere. So yeah. I don't think, I, 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 like, if she, um, as I said, like, the fact that she's still, um, she's now branching out into wines, which I, I don't even drink, but I've started drinking again. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much for, like, She's responsible of, for you yeah. pulling up the wagon. Oh, my I, God. I've bought, bought, like, so many limited edition things. It's ridiculous. Um, I've got a cabinet of wonders at home, and half of it is Kylie. I, I, I can't, I can't even begin to think of what Kieran has. So we got all his collectibles. So, and oh. coming from Australia as well, bringing stuff over. And yeah, every time I go of, home, you know, you put the put in the suitcase and bring it back. Yeah. Oh, no, I had to like do the car. I had to do a Sophie's choice. What do I, what do I keep? What don't I keep? So, um, because I couldn't keep it in storage. But I did find some singles, um, from way back when. I thought, okay, they're coming back home with me, sort of thing. So, like Tina Arena, I need your body. Um, so. Just, yeah, yeah. So just all that sort of stuff. But it is very, and as I said, like um, coming from Australia, we very quick to talk tall poppy syndrome. We're very quick to cut mm. people down. But I thought, no, yeah. no, I'm doing that with Kylie. No way. Well, I hope you left Vanessa Amorosi's out <gasps> to everybody back in Australia because I hate that song and Kieran loves it. I hate it. It's so irritating. I'm clutching my pearls. <laughs> if you can see me now, people, I'm clutching my pearls. <laughs> <laughs> How? Christian's got taste buds in his ass, like literally. That's I beg your pardon. They're certainly not there. (laughs) But um, but no, it's just one of those songs that's just so irritatingly upbeat, and it's not. Oh, it's got no edge to it. I can't bear it. No, no, sorry, no. Brings me out the rash. (laughs) Michael, (laughs) 
<laughs> on that note. <laughs> yes, on that note, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You've thank you so much for having free, me. Literally, come yeah, anytime. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. And you're in London. You, you can see us. I can see uh, you. Yeah, hi. Hello. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can <laughs> see you from across the, like, the Pond River, the, the river, river Thames. Because we've yeah, been talking about, we, we need to organise a diminutive uh, That'd be amazing. Like, get together with everyone. Now that restrictions are going to be lifted for the next few weeks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Before we go into Let's make the most of it. I know, I know. Well, Michael, thanks so much again, and we Thank really you. appreciate you. Mm. Oh, thanks a lot. Thank really you, guys. Lovely to meet you. Okay, lovely to meet you too. Bye -bye. Bye. What an absolute ball of energy. <laughs> I know. I'm actually having to lie down after that. <laughs> the Kylie brings out the best people. She has the best fans. They're colourful and they're fun. Oh, my and God, literally. And, oh, I don't know. What a lovely chap. He's very yeah, nice. really, really lovely chap. Um, so that's it for this week, Christian, unless you have any Minogue mantras. No, I don't have any Minogue mentions because I haven't bothered looking again. Because I was actually waiting for our Finogues to send us there, but they haven't done it. So um, once again, if you have any song that means something to you and it helps you get through the day and it makes you feel happy when you're sad, drop us a line and tell us what that song is and maybe uh, a line or two to uh, to visualise why, to explain why uh, the song makes you feel better. And how do they do that, Kieran? Because I they, never know. Email they address. do that by emailing the Kylie Smiley podcast at gmail.com and or hit us up on Instagram at the diminutive collection. Well, that's it for this week, Christian. Thanks so much. And if guys, if you still want to get in touch and be a Fanog, please do email us um, and we'll get back to you. We're going to do another batch of recordings very soon, actually. So um, yeah, email us and we'll drop you a line. Uh, but thanks so much. And we'll see you again next week for some more Kylie action. Mm, bye. bye.